0: to the Love Your Story podcast. Today, I'm gonna to start out with a story. 40 years ago, a young mathematician named Jim Bengal was hired by Procter & Gamble in the research and development department. Jim, like all P&G employees, wrote a monthly memo to his boss detailing his research over the past 30 days. These memos were usually dry and filled with language that was hard to follow unless you were a chemist. After many years of writing these memos and getting no response or feedback, Jim decided he was going to make some changes in his writing, so his memos would get read. He decided to write in story. His memos told the story of Ernest Engineer. In the memo, readers got to follow along as Ernest Engineer learned things. It included dialogue and always included a lesson learned. The conclusion was the same as the one that would have been written up in his normal memo, but the story was much more compelling more readable and resulted in a readership that was completely unexpected. People even outside his department started reading his memos. The cast of characters grew, and until his retirement in 2010, his memos were read by between 5,000 to 10,000 people per month, including just about every senior executive in the company. Sometimes the CEO would even ask Jim to write a story on a certain topic because he knew people would read Jim's stories. This statistician had arguably become the single most influential person at Procter & Gamble. All because Jim decided not to write a research report and instead to write a story. I borrow this story from the book, Lead with a Story, on page 10 and 11. And I borrow it because I want you to understand where we're going with today's podcast. We're talking about using story in business and that process of learning how to do it. Stay tuned for an interview with Margaret Maloney. (music) Stories are our lives in language. Welcome to the Love Your Story podcast. I'm Lori Lee, and I'm excited for our future together of telling stories, evaluating our own stories, and lifting ourselves and others to greater places because of our control over our story. This podcast is about empowerment and giving you the listener ideas to work with and making your stories work for you story power serves you best when you know how to use it today we have a special guest with us margaret maloney she is an mba and a pmp i'm not sure what that is margaret step in here and tell
1: me what's a pmp So PMP is Project Management Professional, it is an accreditation, a certification for project managers. It's it's given out by the Project Management Institute and in the project management world it's pretty important. Awesome,
0: and because you specifically work with project managers, that's ideal. And that's why we have you here today. So she's also a speaker and a writer and a teacher who supports project managers specifically. Her goal is to provide her community with knowledge and skills that can be used on the job right now. So she's there training these project managers, assisting them on learning how to run these projects in the very most efficient way possible. She is also a recipient of the UCLA Distinguished Instructor Award and a contributing author to the book, 101 Great Ways to Enhance Your Career. And when she's not teaching, Margaret works with these project managers. And other professionals to resolve work-related conflicts and strengthen their soft skills right she's all about teaching and training and supporting and she's going to share with us her journey today of learning to use story as a business tool now i think this is incredibly important because i have been teaching business people from all walks of business on the importance of using story in in accomplishing their goals and communicating clearly The reason that I'm excited here to talk to Margaret is because she's going to give us a firsthand experience as a business professional, how she came to understand the importance of using story in her communication as a writer, as a teacher, as a blogger, and then how she goes on to help other people learn the importance of this. So Margaret, I'm turning the time over to you. Let's start back a few years and tell us your story about learning to use story rather than charts and propaganda.
1: Okay, great, thank you. My story starts with me not knowing to use story, to be honest, because this is probably true for a lot of us, right? Right. And I also realized that I had the good fortune that I worked in corporations where, while I didn't get about story, people around me understood it. And so in some ways I'm gonna say it was taken care of for me and I didn't even realize it. So I can think of a place where I worked where when we would launch a big project or initiative, Somebody would say, oh, we should come up with a name. Oh, we should come up with a logo. We should have signage up that talks about what it's going to be like when we're done and who we are. And you know, those are some of the elements of a story. And then my job would be to lead people to like, you know, get the work done. And so I would say the story was taken care of around me and I appreciated it, but I don't know that I really understood that it was going on around me. I didn't maybe understand how important it was. So
0: how did you come to understand the importance of sharing and communicating with story?
1: After I left that world, (laughs) when I went off on my own, you know, and I like to tell people that sometimes I need a couple of uh, thumps up and something. I was in this course with this nice senior leadership coach and he had this saying, which I now use, i co-opted his saying, but see, I I give him credit and it, it goes like this. He will tell you that managers, speak the language of tactical things, work to be completed, and leaders speak the language of stories. When he first said that, I wrote it down, I thought, hey, that's really great, but I'm not gonna say that I really got it. But from that group, I began to work in a mastermind group with other people who were also kind of trying to realign their businesses and what are we gonna do and all that good stuff. And so in that group there was somebody who had come from a marketing type position and I think he had done a lot of marketing and event planning for big corporations. He, he knew this, like this made sense to him. And so when I would bring him things that I had written, he would keep telling me, you need to change the way you're, you're expressing yourself. Stop telling people things. You need to talk to people in stories. So I went away and I rewrote some of my blog postings and I wrote a story and I brought it back to him. And he's like, well, your story is me, 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 me. (laughs) You wrote a story about you and about why this thing is important to you. You're still not getting it. And oh my gosh, I was so frustrated because I was like, what? And then I kind of was like, oh, I'm just going to publish my blog. What does he know? And eventually I began to understand as I saw other people's and more people kept telling me the same thing. You know, you need to use stories. The better way to get somebody's attention is to grab them in a story, let them visualize themselves in that. And so I finally, I think maybe got it. And then I began to realize like, even if I want to tell you in a blog posting, you should do this thing in project management because it's important and here's what's happened to me. I have learned to translate that into sometimes into characters. You know, this is Joe, this is Mary Carol, this is what happened. And yes, those tend to be the most popular postings with my, with my audience. I noticed
0: when I went through your blog and was getting to know you that I read, I read two or three of your blog posts right off the bat, and they were all very seated in story. There was story illustrating your point in every single one of them. I thought, yes, she gets it.
1: <laughs> but it took a while. It, was a, it wasn't an overnight thing and now I enjoy it because I will say sometimes too, it also makes writing more fun. Mm. I can say, okay, when you work with your stakeholders, you should have a communication plan. Or I can tell a story about a project where there wasn't one and what happened. Absolutely. And story is the genre that every person across
0: time space culture geographic location it doesn't matter just being people the way that our brains are programmed we understand is the genre we understand and get and it also gives us a framework for remembering so you know when you go into a presentation or you're reading a blog and there's bullet points and propaganda and like you say people telling other people what to do or why they should do it not only is that difficult more difficult to connect with but it's also more difficult to remember when Mm -hmm. it's created and it's put into a story. You have information that is easy to recall. And that makes an impression, particularly if you as a listener can emotionally connect or experientially connect
1: with it. Yes. And you know, in teaching. And so the same thing applies when you're leading a group of people in a course, but of course I didn't get that right away either in teaching. I think the first few times I taught, I just taught And maybe I was passionate enough about my topic that I'll say that carried me so that I was allowed to come back again and teach more. But then when I started playing with story in front of people teaching, I still had to play with how much do I tell the stories of what really happened to me. And so one semester... I got a really powerful lesson from a couple of my students. One semester, I was feeling like sharing my stories about what had happened to me was egotistical because I, I don't remember the whole saying, but there's a saying about like the kind of teacher you can be and you can either be the sage on the stage or you know something else. And I didn't want to be the the teacher that is narcissistic. It's like I was very concerned about that. And I think also at that time, I had been partnering with somebody who I was getting some complaints about her speaking style because it was coming across as too me 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 so one uh, semester i changed my teaching style and i instead of talking about any of my personal experiences i made up this fake case story that i would use as an example throughout the course i say like you know pretend we're toy makers i remember it was like about pretend we're toy makers and we make this toy and how would we do it and at the end of the course one of my students he wrote down in the evals, I would have much rather have heard her stories of what really happened to her in her professional life, in her projects, because that's what I really paid for in this course. And instead she used this, and I think he said stupid, she used yeah. this stupid made up. And so that really cemented it for me because I was kind of on the fence. Like, is this really okay that I'm talking to people about here's what's happened to me or Uh, And then I will tell you that other professors would say to me, you should never admit to a group of people, you made a mistake. Mm. And I don't believe that. But so for a while I was like, well, here are these people they've been doing this longer. I'm new in the field. They're successful, but that just doesn't work. And so I will often now stand up. I just did it a couple of days ago. And I will stand up in front of a group of people. I'll say, I'm going to tell you the stupid things I did so that you don't have to, and we can have fun and laugh. Stories have been used
0: to teach and to warn people from the beginning of time. So to to use a story that doesn't have any vulnerability, and of course there are going to be stories that don't, but to never put yourself in a vulnerable position, to never share mistakes where you had learning and change occur, is to miss a really big opportunity and actually being able to connect with people because it's in that vulnerable space that you connect with another human experience. And that's what I hear you saying, is it's important to find that balance.
1: Well, exactly, yes. And, and so now maybe I err on the side of just sharing everything and being more vulnerable, but I guess now I'm doing it because I understand that still some of my community are working with people who won't give them that vulnerability. Those people who will only stand up and say, I get to teach you because I am so awesome, and here's the ways I was so awesome, blah, blah, blah. And you know we have all made mistakes. So for someone to stand in the front of the room and teach from a place of, I'm perfect and that's why I get to be here, that just doesn't work for me. So you see, I've really been taught by people.
0: Well, in life and in business, I don't think anybody gets ahead in business without learning lessons. And if you don't fall down, you don't learn lessons very well generally. So. Absolutely. I think in business those vulnerable spaces of this is something I did that didn't work out and this is what I learned and this is how we're going to progress moving forward because I learned that lesson. That's huge. That's that's a skill. So in your project managers and working with them, how often do you teach them about how to use story?
1: Well, now I really encourage them to definitely use story and to remember that difference between the manager and the leader, you know, the tactical yeah, things yeah. versus speaking the language of stories. And that as project managers, we're both, we, some days we are tactical managers, you know, here's the budget, da, da, da. but other days, we need to be painting a picture for people. This is the story of why we're asking you to work overtime. This is the story of why this one more project is on your plate even though you already have four and we're saying they're all important. Because when this is finished, here's how life will be better for your customer. Or here's how your life will be better. Or here's how our organization will be competitively ahead of another organization. And, and so it really is important you know, at the beginning and then throughout, to be able to maintain that and telling people the stories. Uh, one time, there was a group I was leading, and it was a very difficult project, and we all knew it. So we got falsely deceived by the first few weeks; everything sm- just smooth sailing. We got to about the fourth or fifth week of the project, and we just got completely stuck. You know, and everybody was so discouraged, and they were all waiting to get yelled at, and you know, I too was getting waiting to be yelled at from whom I was reporting to, and no yelling came. Like, I didn't yell at them, because I didn't want to be that person, and I didn't think it was necessary, and nobody yelled at me, which was a great lesson, which helped me to not, you know, become pushy, with, too aggressive with my team. And eventually, you know, the, they found the problem, we moved forward, and then at the end, I think what I did was I kind of brought in some treats, and I wrote like a funny little this to them about the story of the fateful week four, And the story of how this team encountered this really horrible week four and how they overcame it and, you know, moved on to face other challenges. Like at that point in the project, I wasn't going to say and then everything was perfect and we lived happily ever after because I knew that wasn't going to be true. And, you know, it was just fun and it was a real pivotal moment in our relationship as a team.
0: I hear you indicating that you use two specific types of stories one was a change in learning story and one is a vision story and that vision story that you first spoke to is really truly so important for project managers because that vision story is hey this is where we're going we're about to embark upon this project and this is why it's going to matter to you and this is your involvement and this is what it's going to end up looking like there's that story i think I might have written it into the blog post that I did for you, but the story about the three bricklayers who are working on building a brick wall. And a person, man or woman, whomever you're telling in the story, walks up to them and she asks the first one, What are you building? And the, the guy's irritated and he says, What does it look like I'm doing? I'm laying bricks. And not deterred, she walks up to the second one and says, You know, what is it that what is it that you're doing? And he says, yeah, we're, we're building a wall here. And you know, that's, that's about all I know. And she walks up to the third one and the third gentleman says, Oh my gosh, we are building a cathedral. This is the inside wall that will be on the left side of the building. And when we're done, it's going to be fantastic. And he goes on to explain the vision of what they're actually working on. Mm -hmm. And, this little folktale is about specifically pointing out when when someone doesn't understand what they're working on. You know, they they're doing a certain thing, they're going through the motion, but they may not really get it. Um, oh, I left out part of the story too. And <laughs> in the end, after she's done talking with the third gentleman, she looks down and the the first two are arguing about a brick that's out of place on the corner wall. And the third gentleman says, "That's okay." We're going to, you know, that's an inside corner. That's going to be blocked off. Anyway, nobody's going to see that extra brick. And because the third gentleman actually had been given the vision, the story of what they were building, what they were working for, this the vision of the finished cathedral, he also had the insight of how to direct those that were working on it, what mattered, what didn't matter, and also the excitement, the energy behind what they were working on, because he clearly got that vision. Mm-hmm. And I I think that's an important part of vision stories with project managers is when you have a project, helping your people to see what's going on and what they're creating and why they're creating it helps them be invested in it.
1: It's so true. And I love that story. And I, when I saw it, when you wrote it and I saw it, I was like, Oh, that's so perfect. And your, that story is, I also think such a good reminder of context. Mm. I mean, of course, we want to tell stories, but we want to tell the right stories. Absolutely. And so when you choose that story, that's absolutely the right story. It reminds me to when I work with my community to say, you know, sometimes it's so good not to just tell somebody, go do that work, you know, go lay that brick. Mm-hmm. But why? Why? And that why is the story of the cathedral in your case, right? Mm -hmm. But that context enables someone to do such a better job. And I know when I was a new manager, I would just, you know, assign the work. And it was actually um, after I was on my own that somebody I worked with, my former virtual assistant, really helped me with this. I don't know if it was on purpose or not. But, you know, this is what I learned with her. If I said, go make this change to the website. She's going to do it, but a couple of times she began to ask me why, and it wasn't like she was, you know, confrontationally like, why should I do it? It was like she wanted to understand why I was asking for something, and I learned that when I was able to answer her why, then the work was so much better, and, you know, a lot of times she had a better idea than I did anyway because this is a world she lived in all the time, so I learned to say I'm asking you to change this section of my website because I think then it will be more attractive to people. They will stay and read longer and then I will be able to give them better help because they'll get a better sense of things. And then she would sometimes say, you're right. And sometimes she'd say, yes, you should do that, but here's a better way to do it.
0: Hmm. Well put, well put. Thank you for sharing that. Um, In closing, do you have any other thoughts or advice or tips on storytelling or how to implement it? Or I, I really love how you've shared so many just open, honest, vulnerable stories about your progress in learning this. I think that's huge. I don't think that anybody pops off the line in life and already knows how to do all of this strategic planning and communicating. It's something that we learn. So I love that you've been really honest about what you didn't know and how you learned to do it because for everybody, it's, it's that process. Um, what What do you have for us in parting that you'd really like to leave us with?
1: Practice and don't be afraid and don't be intimidated by it. So I would say, you know, if you're a person and you're listening to this and this is something you don't do yet, look to your next communication that you have upcoming and look at how you would say it just now off the cuff, step away from it and then come back and look at it and say, Is there a way i can share this as a story
0: hmm thank you that's great i love the action of it the going out with an action of of how to practice and take care of that thanks for being with us today margaret
1: oh it's my pleasure thank you so much for letting me tell my story (laughs) absolutely we'll talk to you later okay bye whether you're just starting a
0: business or are the ceo of a large corporation Learning to craft a story and use it appropriately is crucial to expanding your visibility, improving your communication, and getting everyone on the page you want them on. This is an age where people buy based on connections and personal preferences. Your stories can create that connection, establish that loyalty, give you the power to really communicate your ideas to people who will listen. And that means an escalation of influence on your part and an escalation to the bottom line. One of the things that I have been providing is we've recently created a workshop and this was a request from business people who had listened to my presentation on how to discover and define company culture using story. So the the importance of using story like Margaret and I just spoke about. And from that was a creation of a hands-on workshop, an all-day workshop that dug in. You spent the day finding your stories and then strategizing how to use them, who you wanted to share them with, and what context you wanted to share them, pinpointing the the communication that needed to happen in your realm, whatever that was, and then strategizing the use of those stories, and then practicing them in groups and in pairs and in the larger circle, so that when you were done with that day, you walked out with a story portfolio. So many business people get the idea, you know, that using story would be smart, but you go about every day doing whatever it is that you do. And it's hard to find time to say, okay, I'm going to sit down and figure out what my stories are. And that's why this workshop was created. These workshops happen intermittently. And if you're interested and you would like this provided for your company or for you or whatever it is, go ahead and go to the website, www.loveyourstorypodcast.com. Drop me a note, let me know that you're interested, and I can send you information on when the next Story Launchpad workshop is available. Thank you for tuning in today. For all you business people out there that get this concept, and for those of you that don't, it's so powerful and it's so wonderful when you start seeing this story tool and the difference that it can make in your influence, and your ability to communicate your ideas and keep your people on the same page and moving forward. Have a good time out there this week playing with your stories, figuring out which ones you want to tell, and share this podcast with somebody that you think would get value that needs to understand story tools a little bit better. We'll see you next week.